Thank you for joining us on Hashtag No Limits. I'm your host, Shelly Kino. Hashtag No Limits is about people whose society has placed limits upon, but who have busted through those limits. Ophelia says in Hamlet, we know what we are, but not what we may be. And I believe that there is no better of example of that than the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. Who in their right mind would ever look at a caterpillar and think, oh, this crawling thing is suddenly going to be flying and soaring in the skies. And I 100% believe in what Ophelia says. I have seen it as an education consultant, and I have certainly seen it as a former special education teacher that some of my former students have had limits placed upon them of they won't read, you're wasting your time trying to teach them to read or they're never gonna go to college and now they're graduating from college. And so it's not a physical limit, it's a mindset. And it's a mindset that I'm trying to change and give people a different perspective. And my guest today, Arenza Jasky, has a great story to tell, not only of her personal life, but in her professional life that she is helping people bust through those limits. So Arenza, thank you for joining me today. How are you? Good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So tell us a little bit more about you and your professional and your personal life, kind of what I was talking about. Sure. Um, well, been around for a while. So I, uh, I started as a, um, way back in the day, I was a child welfare worker. So I worked with kids in the foster care system. And then um, I have my master's degree and I am a LCPC. So I, I predominantly work with kids and adolescents and their families, um, you know, with uh, behavior issues and, um, you know, mental health conditions. Also uh, worked with uh, kids in the autism spectrum, ones that were verbal and, you know, don't have high support needs. Um, and so I, I, you know, I've gone from like a therapeutic day school. I've worked in uh, private practice. I worked, I worked in a group practice. I've, you know, I've worked in a Mental community, mental health agency. So I've kind of been in all kinds of different um, kinds of different uh, environments, working with kids and adolescents and their families. Um, we, uh, my husband and I, got married, and we we went through the adoption process, and that took us about three years. So you know, all that time I was working in different uh, different you know different places, working with kids and adolescents, and. So finally, you know, we waited three years because, you know, they try to match you up with the, with the right parents. You know, we had to make a little book about ourselves and, you know, what we did for a living, what we like to do. And then parents like go through these books and try and find, like, I guess, a, a match, like a, a couple that they thought would be good for their child. Mm-hmm. And so um, basically we, uh, you know, the parents that uh, picked us were, uh, the dad was on the, actually on the spectrum. And that was part of the reason they picked us because of my work with kids on, with autism. And um, on the off chance that maybe, you know, our daughter would, would you know, have autism because um, the dad had autism himself. And so we, you know, adopted her. And, uh, sorry, I keep looking up here. <laughs> um, and, we okay. her, and then, um, you know, around 18 months, she was, she, she had some sensory issues that I could tell early on. And um, this is what else the other thing is, like, the pediatrician kept going, oh, well, you know, it could be whatever, or, you know, like, just some things. She kept kind of brushing me off, thinking like, oh, well, you're, you know, maybe I was reading too much into it, or, you know, being too overprotective. And um, around 18 months, my daughter had some words, but around 18 months, she just stopped talking altogether. And 
even then the pediatrician's like, well, let's give it a couple weeks. You know, it could be some other reason why she's not talking at the moment. And I was kind of like, okay, there's something wrong. And so I said to my brother, because my brother, my nephew was also on the spectrum. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you should call early intervention. And so um, there's actually my brother, his family, they go to the same pedi pediatric practice. And there's another doctor there who actually uh, has a special interest with kids with developmental disabilities. So he actually told me to go to her. And she's actually awesome. She's been seeing my daughter ever since then. Um, the other person is still at the practice. And occasionally if she's sick or something, we have to see her. But we don't really see her anymore because after we had her evaluated, we saw her for something. I was like, oh, so they think she has a I'm like, no, she does have autism. Um, <laughs> it was very weird. But the other doctors that we love her and she's really good with my daughter. My daughter likes to run around the room and she's just so awesome. She doesn't skip a beat. Like she'll like check her ear while she's like, you know, climbing on something. It's just, it's just <laughs> awesome. She's really good with kids, with her. And so you can tell it's so different than the other pediatricians in the office. You can tell that that's like her, her specialty, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she's still pretty much nonverbal. I mean, when she was two, she got diagnosed. Um, I found this awesome study at Northwestern and it was for kids where you, that you either thought were, you know, had been diagnosed with autism or that you thought maybe were. So like they got her evaluated through there. Otherwise I was going to wait forever. It was like, I, she got, I got in there within three weeks. They diagnosed her. We saw a, pedi uh, a pediatric uh, developmental pediatrician. I can never remember. I can never say that right. And she got diagnosed in three weeks and we got her in the study and the wow. speech therapy there is awesome. And my daughter um, was gesturing and everything was more meaningful. Her joint attention was better with this study. It was just really, really good. Um, you know, and so unfortunately that study only lasted six months. So I was like, I'm like, hey, you made this study like a year. Like <laughs> that therapist was like, you know, I did one of my, I did a lot of my internships at places that, that used floor time. So I think because it was similar to the they were like going through the study and trying to it was more another DIR model, which is what floor time is. And she's like, I think, you know, we find a place that has floor time, which is, you know, uh, on the same genre of, of therapy. She's like, um, I think she'd do really well with that. So I found a place um, near our house that, you know, therapists, a lot of therapists were certified in floor time or at least practice floor time. And she's been there since she, just before she turned three and, um, same therapist thing. I always tell her she can't ever leave, <laughs> but you can never leave because my daughter is so, so well with her and she will try to say words. It's like, she's still not really verbal, but like, you know, she'll say da da now and mama and so, and some other stuff like that. She mostly uses her um, AAC device now, which she does really well with. And her therapist even said she does, she uses it better than some of the older kids she works with. So it's awesome. Um, yeah. So she did really well with that. And um, she's, uh, she's, you know, she's doing really well. We still go to OT um, and, you know, she has OT and speech through school as well as the AAC devices through school. She got it when she was three and a half and I'm trying to think what else is going on with her. She's, um, she's doing really well. I mean, she obviously has her challenges um, being nonverbal and autistic. And um, So how old is she now? Uh, she just turned seven. She's in first okay. grade. Um, so I'm trying to think. Uh, but that's a little bit about me, a little bit about her and where we're at right now. So for, for anyone who is watching, um, I know what you're referring to when you say AAC, but could you okay, explain um, what that uh, is a little bit more and tell how she uses hers? So basically, I could show it to you, but she has it at school. Uh, basically, <laughs> what they have at school is like, it's um, it's like, well, they have it on an iPad. 
static via any kind of device. And they have an app on there that just has a bunch of like pictures, little icons and pictures with words on it. And so like um, when she first started, there was only 16 like icons with pictures on, on the screen because she was little and they did a test to see if she could identify, like this, there was like a balloon and she had to find a balloon and, and an array of like other pictures. And so she could spot it in a, in a field of 16. Um, last year they decided since it was taking she was forming like more like three and four word utterances and it was taking her so long to flip through those screens to find mm -hmm. the words utterances that they decided they were going to make it bigger and the speech therapist at the school thought okay maybe we'll do like 50 50 on the page see how she does with that but then the the tech person at the school said well we don't want to like give her 50 and then when she's a little bit older we'll do it again because of motor planning required with it so they actually 90 per page which I was overwhelmed because I'm still learning. Wow. It. It's so small too. And I'm like, I'm like trying to like look at it. I'm not wearing my glasses <laughs> now, but I'm, I'm like, um, where is that? So, um, but she's like doing really well with it. I mean, unfortunately COVID put a kibosh on it for a little while because like right when they changed it, the school closed like the next week. Oh, yeah. So, um, so it was a little rough but when she got back to the school in person in the fall, um, she picked up on it right away and cause they had it so she could flip between the two page sets. If like she couldn't find something, she'd go back to the page that she was easy. It was easier for her, but like by like, um, November, I think they just got rid of the set, the old page set altogether. So, um, so yeah, so she, she got the hang of it right away. It was a little bit harder for mom though. <laughs> yeah. So can you speak to kind of maybe the process of if you had to go through any sort of major hoops or anything in order to, for her to qualify to use the AAC device? Yeah, so, okay, so um, starting back when she went to preschool and early childhood program at our in our school district, so she went from early intervention, um, which is, you know, uh, community-based or home-based where the therapist would come to your house and, you know, you guys would do. And so, I did not have a good experience with those speech therapists. We, we don't have to get into all that. That's why I found the study. Um, <clears throat> and then at the very last minute, the, the speech therapist we had, you know, I tried to do like pecs or make up her own thing and my daughter just wasn't getting it. And so then um, when we started at school, they would, um, what they use there for their, their like low tech or picture thing that they do, it's like a legal size folder with like pictures of the most common, like they did the most most common of 50 pictures that they they use and then they could um you know add more later i think they have like 300 symbols after the 50 or however they do it there mm -hmm. and my daughter wasn't getting it there was just too many pictures for her to focus on and you know obviously when they did the test later she could only find a picture in 16 well that's what she couldn't find we're looking at it'd be easier like okay what do you want for a snack and they would like pick two things do you want goldfish or do you want whatever the other snack was she'd be able to pick that because there's only two pictures but sure. um for like the longest time i was arguing with the speech therapist at the school nice lady but she's just like oh everybody gets it i'm like i can't even figure out what's going on in this thing there's only 50 pictures but you know what i mean oh like, how do you yeah. take my kid to fit to see this there's like too much going on there you know and she does pay attention right. to the detail but like it was just she wasn't looking at anything and so Thankfully, our um, private OT, our private speech therapist works in a neighboring school district and they do use a similar system, but theirs is only 30 pictures. And what they do is they usually like start with eight and they black out the other ones. I mean, they keep the eight in the space where they are, um, mm -hmm. you know, not when the 30 are there, but she was like trying to, you know, and I must have told her, it was just, it was a hard, it was a long process because I have nothing against the speech therapist. She's really knowledgeable. But she kept telling me, I've been here 17 years. And I'm like, okay, you don't know my kid, though. Like, I'm trying to explain to you this is too much for my kid. Right. And so that speech therapist, I think, 
finally she called and talked to her and I must have told us, I must have told the school speech therapist that my, my private speech therapist worked in the neighboring school district, but apparently she didn't hear me, even though I must have told her at least three times before she actually talked to her. So then she's like, oh, I talked to Brittany. I didn't know she worked at blah, blah, blah school district. I'm like, yeah, I must have told you three times, but because <laughs> you talked to Brittany and Brittany told you, then she, oh, okay. So then what I, she tended to take Brittany's word for it on stuff. So surprisingly, Brittany kept pushing the AAC device and she added three and a half. Most other kids would not get it that early. And thankfully she did because that was the only mode that she really picked up on. She didn't pick up on the pecs or the pictures. Like the like I said, if they said, oh, do you want blah, 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 she could pick from two things, but it was just too hard sure. for her to do. And she never picked up on the sign language. It was just too hard for her. So thankfully she got it at three and a half because that was the best, her best way to communicate, her best way to like, yeah. And she picked up on it really fast. And they were so surprised that she picked up on it. I'm like, well, that's what I kept telling you. <laughs> like, I'm just like, sometimes I feel like they think they know what's best and they don't want to listen to parents. Like, I just, so it's like, you know, I know my kid better than you do. I've been living with her for the last three years. Like, you know what I mean? Or the last hour long, like, you yeah. know. So, I mean, it's not like they don't know stuff. Like when I was like kind of iffy on the 90, but then like, I guess I should have thought about it. The 90, the 90 symbols versus the 50. But, you know, my kid, this, that's her mode and she figured it out way faster than me when they switched it to the higher, the higher page set. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so um, I, I'm going to, I want to stop you because you've said a couple of things I want to make sure to really key in on and not, and I don't want to forget them. And the first is, you are the expert in your child. And, and oh, yeah, I don't definitely. mean I don't mean just you, but I mean every parent out parent, there. Yes. Any parent yeah, who parent. is watching right now, yes. you will I, go I, sit at a table for an IEP meeting and everyone around the table, including you, is an expert. They are experts in content and subject and practices. You are an expert in your child. And I want you to stand up and, and claim that. I don't necessarily mean physically stand up, but, you know. Um, no, but, seriously, uh, seriously, yes. yes. You would. Whoever, whoever is listening to this, don't let people talk you out of stuff. Don't, like, for the longest time, I knew something was up with my daughter before she stopped talking. And everybody kept telling me, you, you know, calm down. You're just reading things into things. You know, just because her birth father is on the spectrum, you know, yeah. yeah. I, I was like, after she stopped talking, I was like, I should have done something sooner um, because I knew she had sensory issues like early on, way early on. And I could at least had her go to OT or something before, before that started. And so I, I tell people all the time, if you know something's wrong, you're the parent, you know, you know better than any doctor, any whoever. Um, so even then, I, I let the pediatrician yeah. make it like I didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the yeah. the other thing that you mentioned, so definitely, you know, in a rentless experience, it, you know, it it had to be her voice, um, and and in her specific experience, it really did have to be a rentless voice because her daughter is nonverbal. But even in a sense where your child is verbal and can express their wants and needs and desires to you, you are still their voice when you go to these IEP meetings. And so I, I want you to really hold on to the fact that, that you are an expert and, and don't back down, you know, I mean, do it in a respectful way, of course, but Definitely. you know, when they say, well, we're the experts, yes, you are. And I acknowledge your expertise in 
whatever it is. But I am an expert in my child and I would like to be acknowledged for that as well. And then the next thing that you said that I wanted to really key in on is it wasn't an easy process from going from PEX pictures, which for, I don't know exactly what PEX, the letters stand for anymore. I don't remember. I did what I, I worked in teaching every day, but, but it's basically like little, almost stick figures, unless they've upgraded them um, to, and they're, they're pretty generic and, you know, all the, um, the, the, the foods and the pictures are, are, you know, generic so that they can cover as many people as possible. But yeah, it is just a, you know, you touch this picture, you touch this picture. Um, I used to have students early on in my career that would carry a PEX book, you know, and they would be taught like this, this color is for food and this color of pictures. And so they would have them sectioned off. Um, mm -hmm. But it wasn't an easy process for you to convince the school in essence, that, you know, the, the PEX pictures, and even the homemade pictures, which I've done mm -hmm. those as well, um, to be more realistic and have the child in the picture holding the book or holding the food or whatever it was. Um, so, so keep asking. And the data is so, so important. One of the things that I didn't mention about Arinsa at the beginning is she is also a fellow master IEP coach with me. And, you know, our mentor, Catherine Witcher, very rightly so, is always pointing out the fact that data is what drives the goals. It's what drives the present levels in an IEP. It's what drives accommodations. It's what drives the services. It's what drives least restrictive environment. And so make sure that you have all of this material written down, you know, like, okay, she's tried these picture programs for X number of weeks or months and, you know, she's not being successful. So now let's try something else. And also, and, and maybe you've heard this and maybe you heard this while you were trying to get this for your daughter. I've heard people say, well, we don't, because she has some verbalizations, we don't want to give her a text or an augmentative device because then she won't develop her speech. I've heard that from a lot of parents. And then I know some parents who don't even use the device at home because they want their child to speak. And that's like the exact opposite of what the AAC device or the pictures do. Um, because I know my daughter, when she can't figure out what she wants to say or she's super frustrated, it's so much harder for her. Um, it actually helps them to relax and then with the ability to communicate, they're more likely to, if they will eventually at some point start speaking, it'll help them to be able to, and then it reinforces the word in their head as well. Um, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, speech therapist explained a little bit better me, and I'm probably like to look during that, but yeah, she um, she is now, well, especially with the speech therapist she's had since she was almost three, um, she is, she's more willing, she tries to speak, she will, um, you know, if the therapist says something to her, she'll repeat it back or, um, yeah, and it's it's a lot easier with her with the private speech therapist than at school. They, they push the uh, the device more at school, which is fine. I mean, she needs to be able to communicate. But um, when we're in private speech, she is and she's so much more comfortable with her. Because sometimes speech therapists change from year to year too. And even though the therapist she has this year, I really like at school. Um, I know for a fact they're she's not going to have her next year because she's moving. They're they're splitting up the program, and that therapist is going to the other school. So, um, so she, I know she won't have her next year, which I'm kind of saying. Yeah, it's so unfortunate. Like what you said about the, um, I 
tank. Oh, now shoot. I can't remember who you said that you're like, I really love you. You can't ever quit. You always have to have the OT or the private, private therapist. Yeah. I'm private like, therapist. Yeah. Because <laughs> she is when you get that really good person that makes that connection, like, no, don't leave. Now we got to start. Yeah. Over. No. And that, and that <laughs> happened with, with her OT that we had at the, we were the private OT we were seeing. She started seeing her at like two and a half because uh, developmental pediatricians thought it was, it would be good for her to like go to a clinic and like, because, you know, they do stuff at home there's only so much you could do with OT at home unless you have like a swing and stuff that you could hang in the house most people don't and so um we started at two and a half and that therapist I don't know about a year and a half ago I think now I don't even remember not two years ago decided to show up full-time in school because she wanted to be able to see her kids and understand you know working as a therapist myself you usually work at night and weekends because your clients are available um and so then the girl we had after her was really nice and then she quit and another therapist right after that quit. And so then actually the owner asked our old therapist to come back just to see my child, her child, the owner's child in therapy and another kid. And so she came back and because then we go to two different clinics to go speech and OT because the speech therapist we went in was, you know, floor time. Or so, um, right. so we went to a right. separate clinic for that, but um, she's, I'm like, yeah, we'll stay for her. If Jenny's coming back. Yeah, we'll stay. <laughs> Cause we were taking <laughs> one clinic because you know we were splitting because i really like jenny and uh that's why we didn't leave but um but i'm like yeah jenny's coming back yeah we'll stay <laughs> so so yeah so she it really does make a difference when you have that connection um you know and there's that understanding and that willingness to hear what you as the parent bring to the table and to be able to embrace different ways potentially getting the same result. Um, you know, as you talked about the speech but therapist wanting speech therapist wanting to stick with those. I tried to say pathologist and therapist and got a therapist. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, wanting to stick with the the pictures versus going to the communication device. The end result is the same. There's communication. Um, and I think you mentioned that your daughter does her communication device through her iPad. Yeah, that's what they're doing. Um, they they base like based on your child's needs. So the tech person evaluates. There's a bunch of tests. I'm like I don't know on the whole process, but it does a bunch of tests. I know they were like having her look for the balloon and, and different like sets of pictures, and then um, that person based on all her tests will pick a program that goes on that iPad. So I don't, know, don't ask me what the name of the program she has. It's like Snap or first or something it's some very weird long name and i we got an email saying the name's going to change and the icon's going to look different so, oh. like this changeover comes in june but nothing's going to change like the actual program's going to be the same i'm like why change it? i mean it is a long clunky name i don't know why they yeah. named it that in the first place but she had picked it specifically because my daughter is very visual and if you push the icon it lights up and like all this stuff and that was the whole reason she picked it but this whole big long explanation i mean i like our tech person the head of the tech department she's super nice and you know she's like i did all these tests she was very meticulous about what she did but she's like and we, i picked this program specifically for izzy because of blah 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 and i'm like oh that's so nice like you know and you know now now the tech department's bigger and there's another girl that works with her who tech is in charge is like oversees our school so but she's also really nice too she came to the meeting like our ip meeting and she had this like whole thing about how Izzy's doing and she observed her and blah blah, blah. I mean, that's so nice. You know, I love her tech department. It's just, it's just great. So um, that's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, and I know that there are other devices besides the iPad, and things have probably progressed even more since I was full time teaching. I had a student who had 
a what was called um, uh, Dynavox, and it was, it yeah, was a know, whole um, separate right, unit. And actually, and, the company Dynavox makes this app. I think it's like okay. Lady, something okay. Dynavox. They actually make this app. It's, it's one of their programs. So I okay. don't know how you can put all their stuff on an iPad. I don't know. Yeah, I and I haven't, like I said, I haven't worked directly with um, anyone who's used an AAC in a while, but that was, gosh, seven or eight or nine years ago, maybe more than that, um, years ago now. And it, it was amazing once we were finally able to get the child um, understanding. And the particular student that I worked with at that time had some um, involuntary muscle movements. And so a lot of times it was difficult to get the hand to come up and yes, touch the different touch. buttons. So we worked and we found a switch that he was able to access his device with his elbow and he had more control going that way. Um, and so I wanna encourage anyone who has a child that is not speaking, um, that there's lots of lots of ways to, to communicate, um, you know? And so I don't want you to think that because your child isn't speaking today, that they A, will never speak, or B, cannot communicate with you. Um, there are so many different ways of communicating. And I also wanna encourage any parents who have a child at school that is using a communication device to also use that device at home because you inadvertently are limiting your child's communication skills. Um, because as Arenza said, you know, for her daughter, it's, it's a much more relaxing environment for her to say what she needs to say. And, you know, if you think about yourself and if you wanted to try to say something and you couldn't speak it using either your mouth or some sort of device, how frustrating that would be to you, even though maybe the person that you're speaking or communicating with thinks they're understanding you. What mm -hmm. if you're wrong? You know, um, or what if they, if you're giving them options, because I know a lot of parents will do similar to what you mentioned before, like, well, do you want this snack or this snack? You know, well, what if there's a third or a fourth choice that the child really wants? And if you're not using that communication device or that other mode of communication, they're not really getting exactly what they want. Um, and so always broadening those horizons and always allowing them to use the mode that they're most comfortable with and also that helps them for when they're not with you to be able to communicate to other people too and we want that yeah. as well yeah so yeah, um that's, yeah that's helpful too because like um well, we haven't been to church in a long time because of the whole covid thing but um right where we we're going to church, they have a special, like a special needs ministry, like ones for adults and ones for kids and teens. And it just so happened one day we were there and there was a speech therapist there and, and she was volunteering and they put her, my daughter with her because my daughter, all other things, she puts things that she's not supposed to put in her mouth in her mouth and eats like non edibles. So that's a whole separate yeah. thing. But, so we put, they put her and she needs, she needs one or more because you can't leave her alone for, you can't leave her alone for very long because she'll put stuff in her mouth. But then when we came back, so we left her with her device. And so when we came back, we got her, she's there because she's like, oh my goodness, she like knows all her colors. She knows this. She's, she, you know, so like, you know, and, you know, I mean, we could have probably left her somebody who wasn't a speech therapist, got to at least get some of her thoughts out, right? So, um, 
so yeah, it does help. I mean, the only one who doesn't really want to deal with it is my mom who, uh, you know, is in her seventies and doesn't understand anything technological. And I'm like, you know, she can actually just use it and tell you what she wants. Kind of thing. Yeah, right. I was like, we have our own mode of communication. I'm like, okay, mom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And sometimes, yeah, I mean, you, you, you have that sort of situation, but I mean, how awesome was that, that even like you said, if it wasn't a speech therapist that was in the daycare setting, Sadly, we have this wrong thought of if someone can't communicate, they don't understand. And oh, yeah. so to be able totally to, my daughter. right. And so to be able to prove that she knew all of her colors and any other question that this woman asked her, she had her device to be able to do that. And mm-hmm. because, especially because she has a field of a lot of different choices, you know, Again, that proves that it wasn't just a fluke, as a lot of people will, will often think, too, of, oh, well, it was just, you know, an accident that they they chose the color that I wanted, or they chose the word that I wanted, or, you know, whatever it is. Um, and so, yeah, being able to express, I mean, just think, again, just think about it, you know, if you couldn't express yourself, because somebody took your speech away, how would you feel? You know, that, that, that's your voice. The, the communication device for a lot of people is their voice. So use it as often as you can. And, and their natural speech will also develop at the same time. So if they are ever going to speak or they are ever going to express themselves differently than what they're currently doing, the communication device is really helping that, not hindering it. So tell us, tell us a little bit about some of, um, well, I, I mean, what else do you want to tell us about your daughter? I don't want to, um, cause as I told you, this is your story and I want your story to be told your way. So, um, what else would you like to tell us about your family and your daughter and, um, any limits that she's busted through that had been placed upon her? Um, well, I mean, my daughter's, um, she's really smart. And like I said, people really underestimate her. I mean, you know, she's in first grade and, you know, she is delayed, you know, I'm not going to, be like oh she's like you know but she's super smart and um she's doing simple addition and subtraction and um what else is she doing uh she's learning sight words and um what else those are her goals right now but um you know she's not a fan of handwriting though i can tell you that much (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but she's really smart like i I, you know to explain to you i always say she's like she has this engineering mind she's always trying to figure out how things work and I mean, I even noticed that as early as like six months old, like I was holding her one time and she was like six months old and I had the water, fa- you know, the water faucet on. She was like looking like this to see like how the water was coming out of there. And it was just, uh-huh. I, you know, so I feel like, you know, and then people really do underestimate her. And I always say this to, you know, especially my mother, I don't want to keep bringing her up, but like, you know, she understands pretty much everything you say. So like, you know, people, and she does not like to be talked about in front of her um so you know so I'm like she she so she totally understands and um you know and the funniest thing like I you know I talk about like you know my husband and I sometimes you know because we're we always have to be with her one of us has to be with her so anytime we want to talk about anything that's like not related to her she's like not happy about that you know and so well, a few times not always but a few times one time she like was on her device she's just like stop she like hit stop <laughs> is this not interesting to you so I mean, that's something we talk about, like, you know, whatever, the, the, you had a pipe leaking in the garage and we had to call the, you know, the homeowner, the homeowner warranty or whatever we have. And so he's yeah. like, sometimes my husband does drone on with details that I don't even really want to know about, but, you know, so then she's just like, 
who cares about the pipe? Let's go play outside or whatever. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. So, I mean, she's super active. You know, she's like, you know, always got a bunch of energy. We, we, we moved to our current house because like there's a park literally in the backyard. And then um, there's, you know, there's like parks either direction. You walk out the front door where you can go to the left or right. There's a park. And uh, part of the reason why we moved here she like loves to climb and run and swing and she's a sensory seeker for sure um so so what were some of the things you said you had noticed you know before age 18 months when her speech regressed um some of her sensory needs what were some of the things that you saw that maybe a parent yeah um so like we were anywhere there was a lot of people she would like um kind of like I mean, cry or like put her head down or like um if they were trying to think one time okay so kids don't wear shoes obviously until they walk but you know they got baby shoes so one time I thought oh look at these cute little flip-flops so I put it literally I put it on her and she started screaming and so I took it off but she continued okay I took it off the minute she started screaming but she screamed for like an hour after but I took it off Aww. And so I, I saw, I said something to the, um, to the pediatrician at the time that we were seeing, and she's just like, oh, well, you know, she's just kind of my favorite. She's just strong-willed. I'm like, oh, hey, yeah. I say, yeah, she is strong-willed. <laughs> this is something else. This is not being yeah. strong So yeah. stuff like, yeah, like, and, you know, and there are certain, like, certain clothes she, and she, to this day, those clothes she doesn't like. Um, so, like, you know, she, and she doesn't, and babies only blankets, but she'll always sleep with her pillow on her face like even you know as when we could put a pillow in the crib and she never slept in the crib she always slept with us and no that's a no-no but she always wanted to you know be with us and she had she and she had like issues when she was a baby like colic and just like you know reflux and stomach issues and and i know those are not you know they're not specific to autism but this is all stuff that like her dad had and i'm not saying if that means she was going to be autistic with the sensory issues and it was always something and the and the, the pediatrician's like yeah no i don't you know she kept like oh it's fine i'm like oh, it's like something's going on you know and then we were like you know we went to the gi doctor we went to the neurologist we went to the cardiologist with that like one of them that there was like an innocent murmur or something it went away on its own but there was there was always something and i'm not saying these are all associated with autism but sure. i'm like something else is going on here the sensory issues for sure and i was so i have a couple of friends who are ot's i mean i, I know more ot's now because of my daughter but right uh, my one friend was like it's never too early to get an evaluation she's like don't let people stop you but of course i just i listen to everybody else not my friend who's the ot and um because i maybe you know first time mom you're overprotective right, right. Spectrum, you're just into, into things and you know and then of course Oh, you're a therapist. You know, you see, you know, you see kids who are abnormal. So you, you, yeah, yeah, you know, you're just seeing things that aren't there. And I'm like, you know, so of course I let everybody else talk me out of that. And then when she stopped talking, I'm like, yeah, that's it. This is not okay. This is not normal. Kids don't start talking and stop talking. And I, I do know neurotypical kids do regress, but this is not a typical thing that neurotypical kids go through. It's more of a sign of lack of speech or regression of speech. It is definitely a sign of autism. And then by the time we actually went to see the development pediatrician, there's a lot of other things. And I can't even think of She was clapping. She stopped clapping. She was pointing. She stopped pointing. Like, that's all autism. Yeah. And, um, you know, so, and, you know, whatever that I, I did those self, like those self questionnaires online. Uh-huh. Everything was autism. And so then when, you know, as soon as, you know, we went and we did the evaluation, it was like this three-hour thing at Northwestern. And, um, you know, the development pediatrician, and I was like, oh, autism. I'm like, yeah, I already know. 
you know what I mean? It was like, yeah, yeah. you weren't surprised. Well, yeah, you had a lot of experience with autism and people, you know, at different stages of their life with autism. And so you had seen a lot compared to that, to the average person. And um, so again, for anybody who's, who's watching, um, and if you are watching, let us know, you know, that you're here with us or, you know, um, if you're watching it in the replay, let us know with the hashtag replay. And before I forget, because I almost always forget this sort of housekeeping thing, you know, definitely subscribe to the channel. If you're watching on YouTube, um, hit the like button on Facebook and then the little bell. So you get the notifications when I go live. And so you don't miss any of these. Um, I always forget to do that kind of stuff. So I just, uh, I'm kind of like a squirrel. It's like, oh, okay, it's on my mind. I better say it right now. Um, but again, what I what I'm encouraging is you to keep fighting and you know trust your gut and be that parent. You know, I so often hear, you know, I don't want to be that parent. Well, you need to be that parent. Be that parent and be wrong, or be that parent. Yeah, right. I mean, what's the worst right. thing that could happen? Your kid doesn't have autism, or there's your kid. Your this is just a regular, or it could just be a developmental delay, or whatever. You know what I'm right. saying? I mean, but right. But at least, at least you feel better about it. You know what I mean? You, 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 right. you trust your gut and go, but I, you know, I swear nine times out of 10, your gut is right. Let's just say. Right. That. It is. I mean, a, a mother's knowledge and intuition, you know, some people will poo poo that, but I really do think, you know, and it goes back to what we said earlier, that you are the expert in your child. You are with them every day. You are with them every minute of every day in a lot of instances, and you have studied them. You know, they have been your degree program for however long you've had the child. So I would say I would say that the parents, you know, when I was when I was working full time, I would say to parents all the time, you know, I see your kid one hour a week. You're with them 24 hours a day. You you know them better than I do. I mean, I would know them, but, you know, they were, you know, so I would always encourage parents, like even when I, you know, when I was a professional, I was a professional. I, I would try at least to you know, make them feel like they were a part of the team because they were, I mean, I get my information from them, you know, them. so and that was so funny though. Cause like, you know, it is tiring being the parents of a autistic child. So I, you know, kudos to all the parents I was working with. <laughs> it's tiring. You know, it is. And you have I a new appreciation in the last seven uh, yeah, years I than you did before. <laughs> No, I love my daughter and I love working with kids on the spectrum. Absolutely. They, they have a new, they, I love them because they're honest. It's, it's just funny. It's like they're honest and they just have this way of, most of them anyway, you know, have this way of, you know, I don't know, so this unique sense of humor and just, they were just really honest and, you know, tell me how you really feel. <laughs> right. And I, I want to speak to that honesty for just a second. And I, um, I think, you know, this Arenza, but I don't know if everybody watching is. So I wrote this book, those who can't teach. And the book is, um, it's 10 chapters. Every chapter is a true story. One of the chapters is my story. And one of the chapters is, um, an example. There's a, an example about what you're talking about. I was interviewing a parent for the book, every story. I went and interviewed all the parents. Sometimes I got to talk to the children. And in this one particular case, the mom and I were talking and her son and not the son that I was interviewing her about, <laughs> but a sibling was home. This was in the summer and he was working on his summer school stuff. And I think because it was summer and because I was there, you know, he didn't really want to work on this summer school homework. And so she excused herself and she went to the room where he was and they were talking and I heard her say, and I've, I've got to make sure that I'm thinking, getting the this, this story right in my head that um, he could have 
a break and he could have like whatever the time was, 20 minutes or 30 minute break. And then he would have to get back to his schoolwork. And so she told him, you know, at, at whatever that time was, 20 minutes or 30 minutes, you have to stop and you have to get back to your schoolwork. And he says, well, you can set a timer on Alexa. <laughs> and, you know, he wasn't being snarky. He wasn't being a smart aleck. He wasn't talking back to her. He was being truthful. Well, you could set a timer. Then I don't have to watch the time, mom. The timer would do it for me. Mm. And she, and I felt like she did a great job. And she says, you're right, I could. But you also can do, be responsible and you can watch the time yourself. Um, and so I, that's something that I wrote in the book is, you know, so often it's just an honest statement that comes out of a child's mouth. They're not trying to be snarky. They're not trying to be disrespectful. They're just telling you facts. They're being truthful. <laughs> right. No, definitely. Definitely. And I can tell you, you know, my daughter obviously can't speak, but sometimes I, I just laugh because like, I think a lot of times she's probably like, what are you, what, what are you guys doing? Like sometimes like when we go to OT and I don't go in right now because of COVID, but you know, they would try to help her with like learning sequences and like, she can't really do more than like a one step. Um, cause it's too much. Like you tell her like three things, she's going to re not remember any sure. of them. Right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, they're trying to teach her like sequencing, but incorporating like sensory stuff. So they'll have her do like, um, whatever, like a maze, like, not like a maze, like a obstacle course or something. So, but then they'll have her take a puzzle piece and then the puzzle will be at the end of the, like the end of the obstacle course. And then she'll have to come back and grab another piece and go on. So she'll try taking like three pieces at once. And she's like, why? <laughs> Why, why are this is this is like busy work? Why am I having like you guys are idiots? Yeah. Why don't I just take all the pieces with me the first time? Like, you know what I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah. Understand she's the got it figured out. But yeah, so she's like smart. She's like, oh, like, are you guys like she's probably thinking in her head, well, oh, why am I, why is that? <laughs> she's smart? Like, I tell you, she's smart. Wouldn't it just be easier if I take all the pieces with me now? Like, I don't understand. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Whatever it is that they're having her do because she's like way ahead of everybody. Like, you know what I mean? So, but right. I got like, you know, they're trying to teach her, like, okay, I could do this first, then this, then this, right. and then right. whatever they're trying to teach her how to do. But she's like, the public why, why am I taking these pieces right it's time? it's more efficient to take three or four pieces that I can carry at a time and go do it and then come back and get the next set but yeah yeah, yeah so she's she's just like I don't understand why you, you people are all stupid because and I think that's like what a lot of kids with autism like especially the really smart ones are like it's <laughs> like I don't I don't understand like so and I and I had I had worked with this um because all the kids pretty much were on the spectrum in the family. I would work with the dad like for a while because he was on the spectrum and he was like really smart and he was like in this computer job. He made like, you know, six figures and he did really well at work, but didn't do as well in the family because it's kind of the same thing. Like they'd all like, he'd be like four steps ahead of everybody else. And he's just like, why aren't you guys with me? Like, I don't understand. Like, right. And, and I was like, yeah, I said, well, you know what? Yeah, you're really smart and you, you know, you work in this big tech job, you make all this money, but your kids are not all the way there. Or your wife, especially the wife, I felt bad for her. But <laughs> <laughs> on the spectrum so she wasn't like all the way over there and he just was like just get with it I don't understand why you people aren't where I'm supposed to where I'm at kind of thing right I'm yeah like, not, I'm like but this is not your tech job this is your family it's different you know I try to explain to him like how you know because you know I had his job like things were like a b and c and that was it right. like things were not always like that you know and just, it was right like, so do you find um with your daughter that she is is really social or does she, is she a little bit more withdrawn and, and do um, she is, it takes her a while to warm up to people. It does. Mm -hmm. But once she 
she's got that relationship, she gets really attached. So, um, and it's, she does better with older kids. So it's a little bit harder for her to form relationships with her, like people in her class, kids in her class. Um, like she's got her one-on-one um, that she's had since last year. And she was gone for like three months and she had a really hard time. She went on maternity leave. Um, she's back. And um, the first week she was back, like her teacher was like, oh, Izzy was beaming. Like she was so excited. And, Kathy was and I'm like, oh, you know, and I won't get into this. This the social worker she has this year. You know, they were in, they were out, whatever. And he, yeah. in our district, it's, they have this really weird policy where unless your child has a, has, has a behavior plan, they don't have a social work goal, which makes no sense because all our kids have social, social, have social, you know, okay. have social yeah. issues. Yes. He goes in the class and he does groups and stuff, but he, the kids, you know, and, and she does not have a behavior plan. I mean, so she had some behaviors this second half of the semester, probably because her one-on-one was gone and right. some, you know, some other changes. Um, but yeah, he's just like, well, she's not really interested in other kids. I'm like, well, she is. She just doesn't know how to act with them. She doesn't know what to do. She can't talk. So she does have a, a best friend. And the only reason why they're friends is because he was more social and decided he was going to be friends with her. So um <laughs> he didn't do that i don't think she'd be friends with him yeah <laughs> but at, you know at least like she's like okay this guy wants to be friends with me i'll be friends with him like she didn't push right. me or anything yeah. so they, they've been friends since uh preschool third when they're three you know when they were three oh, cute. yeah and i uh, love their preschool teacher <laughs> like send me these pictures he'd be like showing her like you're like here look at this toy and she's just be like okay they'd be holding he'd like hold her hand <laughs> like all right this is what we're doing so uh so yeah so but um He's gonna be going to the other school though, because based on where we live, we were gonna stay wow. at the school in there. And so I'm kind of upset about that. But I mean, I'm more upset for him because he's a runner and they don't really have a fence around their playground. Yeah. Right. Hopefully they're gonna figure that out because they need to, because I know him and one other kid who's a runner and they need fun. So yeah. anyway, yeah, that's yeah. the one over the other school. But um, but yeah, and then you know, he's really she's really attached to Kathy and the social worker's like, Well, he she doesn't hug Kathy, and I'm like yeah, she doesn't hug me either. If I say give mommy a hug, she just comes over and lets me hug her. It's just like, that doesn't right. mean she's not attached to Kathy. Like, I don't understand where you're getting that from. I know some kids who are on the other end of the spectrum where they hug everybody, and that's probably not a good idea either. So, right. I just, yeah. So, yeah. He's, well, he's so, yeah. I mean, sound, yeah. I mean, just something that I, and I don't remember which guest it was anymore, but, um, but somebody also in the book says a similar comment or the exact same comment about her child in the book that we have to learn the student, you know, so we're not learning this disability. We're not learning, you know, how to teach reading or math, but we need to learn the student. Mm -hmm. Um, And that I feel like that is so important because, you know, what's the saying? If you know one person with autism, you know, one person with autism. You know, if you know one redhead, you know, one redhead, you know, I mean, we're not all hot tempered. We're not. (laughs) I mean, yeah, you're right. Exactly. Like I'm Italian and like, I, you know, I'm not your stereotypical Italian. I worked at this group practice once and the bot, the guy that owned the place was like, oh, I joke around. I'm like, I've, I've, I've hired the, um, most laid back Italian person you've ever met. Cause I don't have a hot temper like Italian people do. And I'm like, right. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, all right. Well, you know, it's just weird. So yeah. I know, and, like, and I so, not, yeah, like whatever. Yeah. So getting getting to know our students, getting to know our neighbors, our coworkers, whomever it is that is different than us in whatever way. You know, I mean, it it can 
no matter what the difference is. Um, you know, nobody, there's a group that, you know, is some reason that a, a stereotype was made, but most of the time, the people that I've met have not, you know, when I've gotten to know that individual, they don't fit that stereotype. You know, it's kind of like, you know, when you say, well, they said this or they do this, you know, well, who's they, you know, who, who, who really oh, are they? Yeah. The social workers are like this population. I'm like, what? Like he always, that's how he pairs, like he starts up. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm like who hired you? Like he's new this year. And I'm like, oh, I don't like you. <laughs> like, it's just yeah. like, you know, and and that's, that's a shame. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that, you know, this show and, and my book and, um, what we do as master IEP coaches, you know, trying to help people change their perspective, trying to, to broaden that perspective. Um, I mean, my story very much is I was very narrow focused. When I was nine years old, I wanted to be a gen ed teacher until I was in my early twenties. I wanted to be a gen ed teacher, but suddenly, you know, my eyes were opened and I had lots of experiences and it was those experiences that changed my mind and my perspective. And I don't think if I had not had those experiences that I would have changed my mind. Um, and so that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to do for other people in the world is shorten the amount of time <laughs> to change perspectives because we don't all have 20 years. Well, it wasn't exactly 20, but 15 or whatever it was, you know, and, or even if we do, we, we waste, I, I wasted a lot of time, you know, yeah. in that 15 yeah. years before deciding, yeah, no, special education is where I want to go. And now, um, you know, 41 years from the time I decided to be a teacher until today, I'm like, we, we need to do better. We need to, you know, make the world a better place for everybody by opening our eyes and allowing ourselves to have these different experiences. And so my hope for this show, my hope for the guest is always that the guest gets to tell their story they, the way that they want their story told. And my hope for the audience is that horizons are, are broadened and perspectives are changed and hearts are changed and that they use whatever they've gotten from this show and they go forward and they treat people better and they give every individual they meet an opportunity to be that individual and not whatever you see on the outside or whatever you've heard about that person. I am. Um was just thinking about like you know general ed teachers usually don't get a whole lot of like classes or anything with special about nope. special kids because I was just thinking when I um when I was working uh, as a therapist and, and um a mom came in with her fifth grader he was in general ed um but he had autism and he I guess was really upset with his teacher and said he was going to blow up the school when he's a fifth grader <laughs> but uh but she you came can't, said, you can't ignore that stuff in today's world unfortunately. Uh, it was, it was like 11 and like right. he was just really frustrated and upset and so I had to write a note saying he was not going to blow up the school so he get back to school <laughs> and right. so and then I called and tried to talk to the teacher and she didn't want to hear anything about his anxiety about any you know the trouble he was having in class she's just like got no tolerance whatever and I just felt so bad being in her class because so. yeah and as as much education as I received getting a special education degree, I started getting an elementary degree and I'm actually dually certified. And once I left teaching and I started thinking back on my experiences in my university days, I realized how little training gen ed teachers actually receive in special education. 
and it's maybe two classes. And in those two classes, um, and I and I've spoken to several gen ed teachers who are currently who um, you know currently teaching who have been out for a while, and those who have you know come out recently, and from all different colleges across the country. And it's it's pretty similar all across the country that you know you get a class called something like exceptionalities or special education 101. It's a it's a very basic, basic level, level, and they just kind of, kind of gloss over everything, everything that special education is because they don't have enough time to really dig deep into anything. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's, that's one class. And then maybe they'll take a, a, another class, you know, that might go into deeper concepts and something, but I realized that, you know, I was really hard on some of my gen ed peers because I expected them to know more than they were taught, honestly. Um, and so I've, I've since apologized, <laughs> but at the same time, like, but we need to do better. You know, I mean, we're, we're expecting our kids to be included in, in as much of a way as possible. And for some kids, that's very minimal. And for other kids, that's very maximum. Um, but we're, we're not necessarily teaching the teachers how to help those kids when they're in their classrooms. We just, oh, okay, this is the law here, do it. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's what I, you know, I'm not saying like, that should be taken seriously but like i'm like you know i obviously interviewed him plus his mom he was just very frustrated and he he had a whole lot of anxiety like for the rest of the year you know so obviously right. i said you know it's very serious when you say you're gonna blow up school and you can't say that no matter how frustrated you are obviously i work with him starting from the right. on but she just didn't want to even because you know he had a lot they kept pulling him out for stuff like pull out for speech pull out for whatever and so when he would come back they'd be in the middle of something and he'd be so upset because he wouldn't know where they were and what they were doing and so that was just that would call you know and she would just expect him to just follow along and i'm like how is that even like you know what i mean it's just i just so that was causing him anxiety and frustration right she wasn't even giving him and she's just like i have zero tolerance i'm like okay like you know what i mean i was just like yeah and right, we can't so. we can't be like that. I mean, it's it's unfortunate where our society is, you know, that um, that kids, you know, and I mean, we say I, I mean, we as a society, not we in my house, but, you know, we'll say things kind of off the cuff that we don't mean frequently, you know, like or, you know, in video games about, you know, this demise or that demise or I'm going to, you know, right. I'm going to kill you or, you know, whatever. And we don't mean it in its real sense of the word right, right but because we've had the situations that we've had we 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 can't ignore that that sort of statement anymore you know so we do have to make sure that everybody understands you know but yeah to have a zero tolerance um because because people i don't know rightfully so maybe not are fearful now you know, anytime somebody says that they're going to follow through on it. Right. No, so, and I understand. And that's why I right. was, you know, he wasn't, he was 11. He wasn't going to. Right. He had no right. Plan. Yeah. So, I mean, but then, you know, he came back to school and I mean, even then I'd be like, you know, if he's got to go to speech or something, you know, can we figure out something so he's not so anxious about it and, you know, kind of get to right. the root of why he said that, you know, and she wasn't even willing to do anything. Yeah. So. And yeah, that's the thing. I mean, it's the, it's, I, I really do think it comes down to fear because, like I said, the teachers get so little training and they don't know how to deal with something. And so, you know, like in a lot of situations, it's 
we we just we don't understand it so we don't deal with it right yeah and and that's very unfortunate especially when we're dealing with kids well Arinza, we just have a couple minutes more um so i just want to give you that opportunity to make sure that you know you say what you want to say and you've had your opportunity to say everything you wanted to say um i just uh, you know just feel like you know you feel something's wrong as a parent you know, say something. And, um, you know, as a parent, if you're, you know, if your child has an IEP or a 504, you are equal member of that team. And what is, what is the most important part of that is to do your parent input statement. Yeah. <laughs> so you get that in there. That is the most important thing that you could do for your child's IEP. Yeah. And so if somebody wanted to follow you, um, or get a hold of you, how would they do that? Um, well, I am on Facebook at the moment, at Orenzo Jasky. I mean, that's, that's my um, my Facebook, and uh, my email is ojasky at gmail.com. Okay, perfect. Well, again, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure talking with you this afternoon. I appreciate your time and sharing your personal insights into things in your own personal life, but as well as some of the things that you have dealt with in your business life. And um, for me, if you need any assistance from me, you can find me on all kinds of places. I feel like I'm everywhere. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Facebook. I'm on YouTube. I'm on um, Instagram. I have a website. Um, <laughs> you can just find me anywhere. If you want a free IEP checklist, I will put the link in the chat box here um, at the end of this so that you can go directly to that link rather than me tell you what it is and you try to write it down. So thank you all very much for watching. Um, we so appreciate you and I will see you next week. Thanks for having me.